It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Neil Thompson Speaks. I'm Neil Thompson, your host. Thank you all for tuning in. Today, my guest is Orestes Verge, better known by friends and family as Big O. Big O is a barber by profession. He's also been a barbershop owner. I'm curious to find out what got him interested in barbering and being self-employed. Let's talk to him now. Big O, welcome to Neil Thompson Speaks. Thanks a lot, Neil. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you, my friend? I'm blessed. Thanks, Ryan. Excellent, excellent. So let's start off with a pretty easy question. When you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grow up? Well, that's an odd question because there were there were various occupations that I found myself interested in. But as I got older, I didn't think those lines of work would probably, would, would probably suit me starting off with being an officer of the law. And then I, you know, got into wanting to be into a, like a, such a, a lawyer of sorts. Um, I also wanted to be a doctor, but those were professions that, that kind of excited me and interested me because of the money aspect of it. Oh, I see. <laughs> That's what we think. So, so doctor, lawyer, and, and police officer, but only for the money. Right. I think the officer, that kind of interests me because of the action and the excitement that they're involved in pretty much on a daily basis. Okay. And what about the other two? Those were the money. Those were the money things. Those were the money. Those were the money. Yeah, those were the money attractions. Yeah. You see, you know, doctor, lawyer, and police officer, I thought perhaps you were interested in them because, all three of those professions basically require service to others, but that that had nothing to nothing to do with your your minds at the time, huh? At that time, no, it didn't. Service service was <laughs> probably at the at the bottom of the list. Okay, <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> so so it's okay. So now you're you're a kid. You get older. You think you're thinking doctor, lawyer, and and police officer isn't in the cards for you to be you know as a profession. What was your first? job as an adult? My first job as an adult, um, I think I was 16 going into, you know, my, my adolescent years, and um, 
I was working fast food. And then once I graduated high school, I actually became a recyclable driver who picked up recyclables from various locations. And that actually interests me because I, I like driving, but at the time, you know, I was still kind of young, and I didn't want to get burned out on it. So I kind of found myself losing interest real fast. Excuse me. But at the time of being a a recyclable driver, I also had the profession of um, haircutting, barbering. And at that time, at that age, I had perfected my craft so well, you know, it, it, it kind of goes beyond me why I didn't get my license at that young of an age. You know, it wasn't until quite a, quite a many years later that I didn't, you know, that I did accumulate my license. But, um, yeah, I was a recyclable driver. I enjoyed doing that. I did that for a few years. And then after that, I find, found myself getting into the construction industry because at that point I found myself being very good with my hands, you know, albeit uh, the barbering, you know, industry. I found myself taking a liking to, you know, creating different things and being kind of, um, for lack of a better word, anal about what the outcome would be, you know, how it would look once the project was finally finished. And I think that's what kind of molded me into becoming, you know, one of the better barbers, you know, that I've ever ran across in my lifetime. <laughs> okay, no need to brag there. <laughs> right, right, right. I appreciate it. Don't mean to toot my own horn, but, you know, be, be. But be, be. <laughs> Right, right. But, you know, that's, that's not just from, that's just not from, you know, personal perception. That's just, that's basically from the, the positive feedback that I've been given over the years. You know, my model, personally, you know, once I realized I had a talent for doing hair, um, not just men's hair, but women's hair as well, was, you know, if you're not satisfied with my service or the outcome of what, you know, I created or what I provided, then the service is free. Um, and, and I've been doing it over 30 years, Neil, and to this day I haven't paid for one, one haircut or hairstyle yet. So I think my work speaks for itself. Hey, you know, no complaints here, no, no argument here. Oh, I mean, for the for the viewers or for the listeners that are, that are you know, listening into this you know, podcast, I've been going to O for years, and I, as, as he said, he's never paid for any of my air goods. <laughs> and I, and I so appreciate started, that. I definitely go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, so you, I'm just gonna say you started off, and he said your first adult job was driving a recyclable truck. Well, first it was fast food, then it was a recycle, driving a recyclable truck. And then you got into construction, but then eventually you got to the point where you wanted to be self-employed. What motivated you to want to be a self-employed person? Well, from the beginning, you know, I had reached a point in my life to where I had felt I had done, you know, various things. I had worked various odd jobs, and I found myself not really keeping a solid interest in them for long periods of time. So I sat down one day, and I asked myself, you know, as I get older, what is it that I would, you know, I find myself uh, really interested in that I really like doing that I've never really lost an interest in? And, you know, it just clicked, haircutting, barbering. So I said, well, I told myself at that point, why not go ahead and get licensed for it, go to school, um, get licensed for it, and that way, you know, no matter where I'm at in life, I can always, have some choice, some type of income or revenue coming in, no matter where I go um, across this great planet. 
So I went ahead and decided to enroll myself in school. And I, you know, I, I actually um, received my first license in the state of Colorado. And there I joined the Apprenticeship Harbor Board, so I am a member of the Colorado Department of Labor. Um, and from there I moved on, and I've lived in, you know, several different states throughout my life. And I acquired a license thus in Colorado, as well as South Carolina, and as well as uh, California. And I am a licensed master hair care specialist. I hold license in cosmetology and in barbering, you know, which are actually in some states one and the same if you, you know, pass various tests, which I have done. Um, so at that point, you know, once I received my license and I started really maintaining and focusing on the income and revenues where I was staying at the time, which was South Carolina, you know, the cost of living was a lot less cheaper than what it is in California. And, you know, buildings and locations for businesses um, were, were much cheaper. And I found myself looking for a, a prime location to, you know, open up a shop. And I found one eventually. It wasn't the best of locations, but with the service that I provide and me being a, the people person that I am, um, I saw that I could actually build this this area up. And so, you know, I found out who the owner of the building was, um, contacted him, let him know what my intentions was, what business I was looking to, you know, have in his place of uh, his business in his building. And, you know, we, we came to a, 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 a concrete foundation. And from there on, you know, I began to open my business. Everything that I did inside my business basically was from hand. I built my stations from hand. Um, a lot of the artwork was, you know, was from either local artists or people that I've known over the years um, who were into the art industry. So I kind of supported them in their in their um in their business and their strive to um, want more out of life. Um, and things began to prosper. And this was, I would like to say, the mid-millennium, turn of the millennium, 2005, six, around that era. And uh, things were going great. They were going great. But unfortunately, you know, as time went on, we had what we had called our era of, of recession. Um, and things began to get kind of tight. Not so much as um, losing business. But the fact that I wasn't, you know, a local in South Carolina, I was actually from someplace else, I don't think that was kind of, you know, taken well by some of the locals. Um, and it was later told to me by quite a few of the locals who were my clients that the work that I provided, the service that I provided, was well too much for the town that I was in in South Carolina. If I really wanted to do well for myself, I needed to go and move on to a larger city such as you know, somewhere in Florida, maybe New York, um, Georgia, Texas, or even back home to California. Because from what the locals were saying, I wouldn't be able to say, okay, I moved to South Carolina, opened up a business, and I made a lot of better life for myself and my family. And I kind of had to look at that because their impression was, you know, you're not from here. How can we allow you to come here? make something of yourself, and we've been here all these years, and we're still kind of stagnating or stuck in the same place without elevation. And it kind of made me step back and look at, 
you know, the situation at hand, how the business was running, and I kind of seen exactly what it, what they were te- what they were what they were telling me, and it was it was sad, but unfortunately there was some you know ring of truth to it. So I decided, you know, after months of kind of sitting back and seeing how things were going, to just go ahead and sell my business or shut close my business down, and you know return back to California. And that's exactly what I did. Now, again, the business was prosperous. Um, I did kind of have a faltering clientele, but none to where I could say it actually caused my business to suffer. But I did enjoy working for myself, making my own hours. I had a couple of barbers who were inside my building as well, and they did well for themselves. They've since moved on, and one is working in another shop in Florida, and another one has her own business as well. So it, it did prove to be prosperous. I really enjoyed, like I said, the income and making, you know, the money that I was making and working for myself, making the, making my own hours, you know, and reporting to no one but myself. So that that in, a, that in itself um, kind of motivated me to want to continue to be self-employed and to never look back again. The only downside to that is when you're in the hair industry, the barber industry, you know, you have those periods of hours from open to maybe mid-afternoon, early afternoon, where, you know, most of your clients are either in school or they're at work. So you find yourself kind of trying to find things to do within the shop to kind of stay busy. <clears throat> Me, myself, I'm one who has to stay busy. I don't like idle time. I don't like sitting still. So, therefore, I allowed myself to procure a day job as well as have my barber shop. So, therefore, the shop was running during the day by individuals who didn't at the time mind sitting in the shop and, you know, um, building up their clientele while I was at work, you know, during the day doing my thing, and then I would come and support the shop in the evening. So being a, a personal business owner, I can say hands down, it's very lucrative. If, you know, there's anyone out there who's been contemplating or thinking about um, opening their own business, if they have a business plan, all should work. Put your best foot forward, put everything you have into it, and, I mean, the sky's the limit. Definitely, the sky is the limit. Well, that's all, that's all great information for the people that are listening. Oh, thank you for sharing it. One, well, at least from my own personal story, I don't know if you know this, but, you know, you've been cutting my hair for quite some time. And for the longest while, I've looked at you and the fact that you, you know, were your own boss. And I was very, I wouldn't want, I don't want to say jealous or envious, but I, I really respected the fact that you, you know, you stepped out on faith and you went to work for yourself. What, did, were you ever worried about going or working for yourself as opposed to, to, you know, being an employee of someone else? And if so, what did you do to get past that fear? Well, there's always a fear of, you know, failing. But, again, as I just previously stated, I put together a plan and a purpose, and I made myself understand if I push myself through this and continue give it all that I have, it, it should be it should be fail-proof. And thus far, it has turned out to be so. Now, of course, everyone has the fear of if things don't go the way they plan, you know, going back to plan A or the, the old drawing board, as you call it. 
that should not be a fear because we've all had to start somewhere. It may be difficult to go from working for someone to working for yourself to eventually maybe having to go back to work for someone, but if that should happen, if that turns out to be the case, then all you do is use that time to kind of modify and restructure the original plan that you had, and when you do have the ability to step out on faith again, the restructured plan that you, you know, revised should come in great handy. Um, therefore, you know, when you're looking at a situation, well, you know, I've worked for myself for so long, you know, you don't want to get into the into the mind frame of wanting to say I won't ever work for someone again because at some point in life we all do unfortunately need someone. And, again, um, not every plan is foolproof. But, again, I just I kind of got it within myself that this is what I wanted to do and I will I refuse to let it fail. And it and that that determination has has worked great for me. You know, I was always raised to believe that determination brings character and I I believe I have a great character. And the person that I am has allowed me and my business to prosper in such a way that I don't really see unless it's by choice working for someone else again. Excellent. That, oh, that, that's all so excellent. So basically, you know, if there are people out there listening and they're thinking about starting their own business and the idea of starting their own business is a little scary, you know, step out and faith and try it anyway. I know there's probably people out there that think, you know, yeah, I'm working at a job currently for an employer. What if I, you know, go off on my own, on my own, and I tell my employer I'm leaving, I go off on my own, and it doesn't work out. And then I end up having to, you know, go back with my tail between my legs to go back and find another job at an employer. People kind of maybe don't want to have to do that. They want to, you know, be able to save face. But you're saying, you know, you know, push through that and, and do it anyway. You have to. You have to. Pride, pride is, a, is, a, is, is a monster that, you know, kills a lot of people. If we can learn to get beyond that pride, kind of let go and let God a lot of things will work out for us in our benefit. And, you know, again, no one really wants to go from working for themselves to having to go back and work for someone. But at the same time, you have to look at it in a, in a perspective such as how many people do you know that you were grow, that you've grown up with or were raised up with that actually had the, the determination to even step out on that same type of faith and, and try to have something for themselves and work for themselves. So that in itself should be enough for you to want to just swallow your pride and say, hey, you know, I did, I tried it. It didn't work. But I know in time, if I revise and restructure my original plan, I'm more than positive I can make, I can make something out of, you know, the, the thoughts and ideas that I've been, that I've been having. Okay. Yeah. That, that makes, that makes a whole lot of sense. Another thing, well, that's something else I was just thinking about is, you know, when people have these ideas of going off on their own, you know, a lot of times if you're working for a job and you decide to leave, you, you might be working at a job where you're comfortable. You're getting paid the amount of money you want to get paid. The company covers all of your, you know, your incidental, your 401K, health insurance, all those things. And then once you become an independent person and go work for yourself, you're responsible for all these things that perhaps your, 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 the amount of money that you're bringing in takes a hit at first. Is, is this something that, that you experienced? 
I did, but I didn't because I say I did because of the the grand original grand scheme of how I wanted my my business to look. But then after going into and delving into what it actually takes to operate and start a business, um, it didn't take as much as I initially had thought. And 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 for it to be just as grand as a fantastic stand or a supercut, that is something that I had to kind of let myself go and, and, and understand, look, that's not where I'm at. That's not, you know, something that I'm trying to put out to the public. I'm putting out, hey, I'm a young black man who has a, a, a business idea who provides a, a great service. You know, his business may, may not be as elaborate and as, as I appealing to the rest, but the environment that I provide is very informed, and the service that I provide is one that will be talked about for years to come, not only by friends and family alike, by the kids growing up, you know, amongst themselves to their peers, because I have a, a, a large amount of clientele who I've been cutting for generations, two and three, and some some even four generations, from grandfathers to fathers to sons to, to grandsons, you know, so... The, the the image that you want to put out, don't have, don't try to set your standards as high as what you may see out in the industry. You know, set yourself at a at a level playing field, and you build from there. You know, of course, again with the benefits and all, yeah, that that is a a a situation where a person may get comfortable. But again, we're back to stepping out on faith, and not just that, but for small business owners and people who don't may not have as much money to put into a, a an insurance uh, an insurance plan. They do have plans out there that are very feasible for people that don't have a lot of, uh, of money to put into, but the benefits themselves are great, and they will support and provide whatever services you may need along the way until you can see and find yourself being able to provide yourself with either better benefits or input more money than what you're initially putting in. Okay, yeah, that, that that makes a lot of sense too. Another thing that people may think about when they're thinking about you know, taking, you know, leaving the the job that they have is, you know, with most people that work in corporate America, you get paid a salary, you know, every other week or however often it is. It's it's the same time every every you know every time essentially. And so when you're working for yourself, you you don't have that. Is it more important? Is it very important for someone that is self-employed to keep track? of their expenses just to make sure that, you know, the money that they're bringing in is able to cover the, the, the money that's going out. I mean, when you first start out, it's important to have a, you know, a nice, safe, nice amount of savings. So in the event that you're not making the type of money that you were making when you were an employee, you're still able to cover all your expenses and pay your bills? Yes. Um, great point. Saving is, is definitely a must. Um, when when I opened my business, I wanted to make sure I had enough savings to cover at least the first six months. So if the business did not do as I projected in that first six months, I didn't have anything to worry about because I had the money to cover overhead and whatever whatever other little minor expenses, you know, that I may have had to cover. Um, as far as savings is concerned, it is. That's, that's where putting together – the, 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 the plan and the 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 uh, the, the structure or, or the scheme the schematic of what you're looking forward into 
they'll be in, you definitely have to make sure, you know, you have a nice savings to be able to cover because you don't want to go into debt. You also don't want to have to dig too deep into your own pocket to support a business that if the service is well and the service is much needed, should be to be able to provide in its own. You know, so, yeah, savings is definitely a must, um, keeping, a, keeping an account of what is going in and what is going out on a month-to-month, maybe even week-to-week basis. Therefore, you have an idea of what your expenditures are, what your income and revenue may be. Therefore, you know, if whatever you have to spend, if you'll be able to pull from what you have or if you may have to pull from another source in order to make, you know, the ends meet. But you should never have to do that if you have a nice, a nice savings, you know, put together. Not just a savings for your business, but a side savings in case of an emergency. Um, someone falls ill or you may fall ill and you may need to take away from your business, um, uh, step away from your business for maybe a week or so. You know, you also have that money, which is separate from the money that you will be using to make sure your business stays, you know, afloat, um, to kind of cover those expenses if you, again, need to step away from the business, God forbid, any kind of um, family emergency should arrive, you know. So, again, that was a great point. Saving is is, 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 is definitely a key when you're, you know, um, contemplating owning a business for yourself or pursuing such a, some something of that nature. Yeah, absolutely. How long did it take you for your business to become profitable? It actually took approximately, I want to say I opened up around February, maybe, you know, early spring. And I want to say I started to possibly see a, a good return on profit and investment around Thanksgiving of that same year. So I would maybe say about eight to nine months for myself mm-hmm. with the service that I provided and the, the occupation that I was in. Now, that's going to vary for, you know, by each individual occupation. But with the like again with the service that I provided and the 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 uh, the, the area location that I was in, yes, I, I was able to see a nice turnaround within eight months. But I would actually say, which I didn't expect, I honestly had given myself at least a year to fourteen months before I actually started thinking I was going to see a, a nice return. But you know, like I said, Lord willing, things worked out a lot better for me in my favor than than. Than, than I expected, and within that eight or nine months, I was able to start seeing a, a nice return profit. Okay, ah, excellent. That's eight nine months. That's that's pretty good to, to see a, a, a return on the investment. So you, as right. you said earlier, you eventually you closed down your shop in South Carolina. You moved to California. Now you're working as a, a barber here in California. You don't have. Uh, are you working in a shop currently, or do you have your own shop? No, I'm currently working in a shop, and it, it's funny. It's, it's funny that you ask that. Um, again, I actually was approached to become a business owner with the actual shop that I'm in, which I have been in for the last almost eight years. And you know, I was approached as to being a partner in this particular business, and I kind of I contemplated it. I actually returned back into the industry. Um, you know, as an employee to kind of look and see how things were running, see how the business in California had developed. And I, w- I actually had contemplated doing so. 
but unfortunately, um, with the situation and the the business partner or business person who who approached me, as time went on, we kind of had different ideas, different directions of which of where the business should go, and I kind of felt that wasn't something that I wanted to kind of get into. Me being a prior business owner and the person that I was dealing with being a first-time business owner, they had a lot of brand ideas. Now, don't get me wrong, their ideas were very fruitful. They were very forthcoming and very possible. But as a first-time business owner, you kind of, again, as I spoke earlier, you're, you're setting yourself up, up way beyond that level playing field. And at that time, I just I didn't want to invest my money into something like that and have it have it going in every different direction, spread it out and to where it eventually it would, it would it would have become thin. So I you know I kind of made the decision to just kind of stay back, sit back, and see how things went with this particular owner who eventually decided to go solo um, in the venture, and I kind of was able to monitor monitor my income being a being an employee as opposed to being an owner and the income that I monitored as opposed to being an owner as a and as opposed to having the uh overhead putting out for the overhead the was 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 beyond belief, Neil. Was really beyond belief. I mean I it just I was so comfortable with being able to pull in X amount of dollars and at the end of the month or at the beginning of the month not have to return any of that money. So I kind of okay. back to what you were speaking of earlier about being comfortable in a certain position. I had grown comfortable in that position. You know, when, you, when oh, okay. I got to comparing, yeah. when, I, when I got to comparing yeah, sure. the money that I was making and keeping as opposed to the money that I was making and putting out as an owner. So, yeah, yeah. I got comfortable in that position, and um, I found that it worked out quite well as far as having my other supplemental income. Um, okay. But here lately, uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, this all sounds really interesting, but we kind of have to to wrap it up now at, for the for the end of the show. Again, thank you for for getting for coming on. It was a it was quite an education. Oh well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. I hope I was you know um, helpful to anyone who may have or have these ideas or may be willing to jump out on faith and you know start their own business because it's very lucrative. Excellent. It can be very lucrative. Excellent, excellent. So, uh, I, again, for the people that are listening in, thank you for listening to Neil Thompson Speaks, and, oh, thanks for, for being on the show. I'll see you on Sunday. Yes, sir. You have a blessed, you have a blessed rest of your week, Neil, and we'll see you Sunday. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.